1: It's weekend preview time. Welcome to Que Golazo. We have two derbies Manchester derby, Madrid derby, PSG against Lyon, Everton, Chelsea. We talk a little bit of Liga MX Apertura final and so much more. I have Jimmy Conrad here for your wagering needs. Que Golazo begins right now. Go lasso time, Jimmy Conrad time, weekend preview time, so much action, some really great games. We go from the Premier League to La Liga, to League One to so much more. Jimmy Conrad, how are you, brother?
2: Yeah, I'm doing great. We get to talk about soccer balls and the beautiful game and football, fuchi ball, foosball, whatever you call it. We're talking about it.
1: Whatever you call it, we're here to talk about it. Just FYI, everybody, we have a special MLS Cup preview as well. We already like broke down Liga MX Apertura as well. We give you Champions League, Europa. So this episode is really breaking down, focusing on some of the main games of the weekend. And there are some cracking games, including two fantastic uh, derbies. Let's begin, Jimmy C, in the <laughs> Premier League. Uh, Manchester Derby, Man United, Manchester City, uh, a tale of two cities or a tale of one city of two clubs. And let's see what will happen this weekend. What do you have for us first from a betting perspective?
2: Well, I'd like to say that I'm not on Ole Gunnar's side at the current moment, but he has a chance to win us over. You know, I didn't really like his tactics against RB Leipzig midweek, but that's a different conversation. We can say that for another time. Let's get to the bets, everybody. Raheem Sterling, this is a fun fact, has never scored against Manchester United in 20 career appearances. That's pretty mind-blowing. I just assume that guy scored against everybody. I think he's due. Plus 140 for Raheem Sterling to score any time. I thought Wamba bissaka who's going to be going up against, Wan-Bissaka has actually done pretty well against Raheem Sterling over his career but he wasn't good against RB Leipzig. I think there's some opportunities there where maybe he's feeling a little down on himself. To him, Sterling can take advantage of that. I also got Kevin De Bruyne to get an assist plus 138. I like that one a lot. He's second in the league in assists behind Harry Kane. Kevin De Bruyne is going to be in and around the ball. He didn't play midweek. He's going to be fresh and ready to go. Even though Kevin De Bruyne, in my opinion, looks like he should be the, the manager at an Office Depot. I mean, I could see that guy totally in some khakis going, yes, the, 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 the paper sheets are over there. Uh, for whatever reason. Or
1: or Kevin McAllister, like (laughs) growing up.
2: (laughs) Exactly. He just doesn't look like an athlete, but he is a tremendous player. And for him to get an assist, he's always in and around the ball. Everything moves through him now in a really more meaningful way. And I think maybe that's part of City's lack of consistency in some ways because i think they're a little bit more predictable because everything's going through him but he's so good that him getting an assist imagine if de bruyne gets an assist as sterling score and you bet both of those i'm like your new personal hero and then i like city to win and both teams to score plus 220 united have only won once at old trafford this season um, and i just think city's gonna win this game frankly i know that 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 uh, united have had their number the last three times i think they've played i don't think city's even scored the last three times they played in all competitions but city are just They got a little something different, especially up top. I think they're starting to kind of find their way a little bit. Everybody's healthy. Aguero's back in scoring goals, too. So this gives them so many different options, different looks. And I just think they're a little bit better. United's going to be feeling down about themselves. And as I said, they're not very good at home. One line, though, I think you'll find humorous, everybody. Not just you, Luis, but everybody else. There was no line on William Hill for a penalty being earned in this game. Usually they give you an option about a penalty, but I guess they know with Bruno Fernandes and Manchester United, there's gonna be a penalty for sure. And it's probably gonna get scored. And they didn't want to give anybody that chance to make some money on that bet. So I'm sorry, everybody, I was ready. I was looking, I was diving into William Hill going, I'm gonna find the, there's gonna be a penalty in this one. Usually it's pretty good value. Not, doesn't exist for this game.
1: Yeah. Interesting. Uh, some really great uh, input right there uh, for your wagering needs. Let me give you Jimmy and everybody some some stats here. Okay? okay, Man City has won seven Premier League away games at Old Trafford more than any other visiting side. Mm. With six of their seven uh, victories away to Manchester United coming in the previous nine seasons. That's one. Okay. Um, Just 21% of Man United's Premier League points this season have been won in home games, the lowest share in the division so far this term. Man United has won both Premier League meetings with Man City last season. However, they last won three in a row in the competition against their local rivals between November uh, 2008 and April 2010. So, Mm -hmm. history. in this particular game, sort of favors United, but most recently, especially away from home, it favors Man City. And I think that after those stats are talked about, and after the betting info that you just gave me, here are two narratives for me. One, and I'm reading this from obviously certain newspapers that you know you may rely on them a lot, you may not, but this could be a game that decides oligon and Soldier's future. It could. On how it they could. do. If Manchester United loses, and especially if they lose big to Man City, I think that's him done because it's the perfect situation for him. The uh, Champions League. Pochettino, is
2: out. baby. Pochettino coming in.
1: I've been saying it for like two years, right? But, uh, and then from Man City's perspective, hey, it's just about Peg Guardiola trying to continue to ride that train. He, I mean, Sergio Aguera it was good for him to return, but I don't think he'll be starting in this. I think he's already said that. Uh, but I would say that Man City should be feeling very good about this one. But then last time we talked, Jimmy, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, just when you think he's out, they pull him back in and he does something and they surprise us. Uh, what, what do you think?
2: No, I'm with you on this. I was at a Manchester Derby uh, at Old Trafford about two years ago. It was City where it's just something something to behold to watch those guys when they're on, like when everything is working for them. And just to get to see some of those guys up close, I thought Paul Pogba actually in that particular game, they lost two zero zero United. But I thought Paul Pogba in that particular game was excellent. He just wasn't around. Lukaku was still on the team. He just wasn't around he dropped these dimes and the, you know, he's around guys that just couldn't make the run or just couldn't finish or couldn't control the ball. And I was like, man, I feel kind of bad for Paul Pogba right now though, with regard to this particular game, I think Edinson Cavani not being available really hurts. Yeah. He, he just brings a different dynamic to that front line. And even if he's not there, Anthony Martial probably won't play either. So they're already kind of lacking some diversity in their attack in terms of like how they can, they can stretch the defense or how they can hold the ball up. You got Greenwood, Rashford. I don't know who's going to play the nine. Fernandez, of course, will play. I'm curious about that next midfield spot. Who plays out in the wing? Right now they're suggesting that Juan Mata Will come into the midfield and maybe pinch in so they can kind of match the numerical advantages that City like to have in the middle of the field, which is where they kill you, right? They just pop, 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 pop. And you just get stuck, stop- you just stop chasing because you just get tired. Like, what am I even doing? My head's on a-, on a swivel. I can't even catch up with these guys. Fred coming back into the team, obviously, is going to be pretty important. He does a lot of the dirty work. I like Tellus. I hope he stays out there instead of Luke Shaw. You know, I think there are some options here, but I really feel like City can win this game at maybe 90% and manchester united have to be like at 120 percent personally for them to get this result they're not very good at home for whatever reason and uh, city are also coming in on five consecutive clean sheets so they're doing something right defensively as well and, and if it, that's kind of the thing with city they, we're always like if they could just figure out how to lock things down defensively and find that balance of, of attack and defending they're going to be really hard to stop but both of these teams in fairness have kind of struggled in the league so far so it's a bit of a coin flip given current form in the league. However, I got City to do this. I think it's like a 2 1 to City.
1: Yeah, I think I'm staying with exactly the same scoreline. And uh, just to literally conclude what you just said at the end there Man United in sixth place in the Premier League with 19 points, Man City with 18 points. So it's not like uh, either team is happy of their standing in the table. I see a City win 2 1. And I don't know, all the gonna days should be numbered. Let's move on. Stay in the Premier League. I know that you have something to say for. Everton against uh, Chelsea. Carlo Ancelotti facing his former club. Um, a lot of star power on both sides. Uh, pretty good game here, uh, I think. You would think in terms of creativity. Uh, how do you see this one?
2: I want to say it's going to be a good game. Chelsea are currently unbeaten in their last seventeen matches in all competitions, and Everton have won one out of the last seven Premier League matches. I just. Yeah, I want to say it's a good game. I want to see the toffees that I saw at the beginning of the season where Hamas Rodriguez is doing his thing and look at handsome on the field and Decore and Alan, like really good signings, I thought. And then somehow there's just been this drop-off. I mean, Calvert-Lewin's still banging in the goals, but it's just something they're lacking something. I think it's more in the back line, and I don't think Jordan Pickford has been the guy to, to kind of save them when they needed him to. He's been a little inconsistent. So now they're also out with uh, Lucas Dinier, who's, who's who's hurt on one side, and then Seamus Coleman. So that there are two starting outside backs that are still going to be hurt for this particular game, a spot where Chelsea can absolutely kill you because of the wingers that they have available, including our American Lord and savior, Christian Pulisic. So I don't know. It's, it's, it's for me, this is kind of Chelsea all the way. So let me give you guys the lines that I came up with. And th- again, I give you guys a couple, cause there's a few that I want you to consider Olivier Giroud has scored six goals in his last eight games. I think he's going to get the nod over Tammy Abraham here. He's plus 100 to score anytime he loves, he loves, scoring uh, a lot of goals. Excuse me. I got that stat wrong. He scored six goals in his last eight games against Everton. So he likes scoring against Everton uh, plus 100. Anytime the guy's feeling it right now. He's just banging in goals for fun. Uh, Chelsea to keep a clean sheet plus 200. They've done it three straight clean sheets away from home in the premier league. Everton though. I like Richarlison coming back into the team, even though I like Calvert Lewin, uh, this, this Chelsea team in particular have really locked things up in the back And, and with Mendy and goal, They're not even giving up a lot of shots, frankly. So that's one to consider. You could probably talk me out of that one, Luis, because I think that the firepower with Hamas, with Calvert-Lewin and and richard could could sway me for them to get a goal, but I think Chelsea's going to win this. Uh, So if you're not feeling that, Chelsea to win, both teams to score plus 200. So I know Chelsea's going to win. I just don't know how they're going to win. Is it going to be with a clean sheet or is Everton going to sneak a goal? I don't like Everton to win this one. I'm sorry, Chelsea are on something fierce. And if Chelsea win this, by the way, They'll go top of the table on Saturday. Now, obviously, the other teams can catch them later on in on Sunday, but but they could go top of the table. I think that's a, that's a that's a testament to what Frank Lampard has kind of unlocked. They finally found their best lineup.
1: Yeah. Now, uh, it's it, th- I think that's the key. Then the motivation for them to go top of the table to continue this ride. Um, and to your point about Pulisic, this is a perfect opportunity. It to, is. Hakim Ziyech is out. Callum Hudson Odoi is out. A good chance for him to show what he can do. Listen, Everton have won their last two Premier League home games against Chelsea, uh, but this is a different Chelsea. Um, they've kept a clean sheet, as you mentioned, in six of their last eight Premier League meetings, which is kind of incredible. Uh, and, and to be honest, everything is pointing towards Chelsea, despite the fact that this game is a good as in Park. I'm just hoping that we see a few goals here. But, you know, one thing that we know about Chelsea these days, as I just mentioned in that stat, and as, as you correctly Talked about is that they're not just good creatively; they're super resilient at the back, and they have one of the best goalkeepers in the league now Edward Mendy. It's just—it's gonna. I think it's too hard for Everton, especially from what we've seen in the last few weeks. I see Chelsea winning this one. I think it's gonna be a one-nil game. I think Christian Pulisic with the assist—I'll give you that.
2: Okay, I respect that, but I think there'll be more goals. I just think because because, uh, Everton don't have their outside backs. They don't really have adequate backups. Frankly, you know, they're either playing center backs out wide, which is never a good look, uh, and hoping for the best. And and if anytime you're going up against a team like Chelsea, who's so stacked in certain areas of the field and you're hoping for the best, that's, that's always a recipe for failure. Yeah,
0: absolutely, (laughs) It's just not going
2: to work out for you. I mean, yeah, they might, they might do okay for 80 minutes, but for that other 10, they're going to get absolutely slaughtered and maybe two or three goals can be scored. Uh, so, I don't know. Maybe Everton will prove me wrong. I just don't know if they have that grit in that back line right now that they need to get the result.
1: Yeah. Well, either way, it's good for my fantasy team because I have like, uh, I've got DCL, but I also have Ben Chilwell. So, So, you know, it's about figuring out like what's the best outcome.
2: I can't, I can't catch you, man. You're so far ahead in our fantasy league. It's unreal.
1: I know, but it's, this is not a sprint. I'm a little worried about uh, it. We'll see what happens when we come back. When we come back, we will move on to, Another huge derby. We go to Spain and we talk Atletico Madrid and Real Madrid in La Liga. Stay right here.
0: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply.
1: Welcome back, everybody. We're talking weekend preview with Jimmy Conrad. We've just uh, discussed the Premier League and now we move to another big, big game in La Liga, uh, the Madrid Derby. Atleti against Real Madrid. Both came out victorious in the Champions League. Uh, Both secured a spot in the knockout stage, and now they face each other uh, on Saturday, 3 p.m. Eastern, I believe the game is. Jimmy, talk to us uh, if we're looking to uh, put some money on this one.
2: So first and foremost, I want to say that I hit my parlay parte on these Madrid clubs in the Champions League or my La Fiesta Parlayesta, as we like to call it here.
0: Yeah, I love uh, it.
2: I had them both winning. I know they've got the DNA to, to be successful in European competition, and they did not let me down. So that was a nice one to hit. But now coming into this one, whew, it's tough. Real Madrid, actually, I thought, put together their best performance of the season, like straight up against Borussia Mönchengladbach. They... they I think the knock on them this season is that they've been good for 30 minutes. They've been good for a half. They've been good for maybe even 60 minutes, but they couldn't put together a full 90 and they did it. And they did it with the guys that you, you expect to count on everybody uh, stepped up and played well, including Lucas Vasquez, who I gave a little bit of a hard time to, because he's a winger playing outside back, getting back to that conversation we had before the break about playing players out of position and hoping they do well, but he had some great assists to Karim Benzema. I thought he was very active up and down the flank and, He's going to only continue to get better there. Veron obviously steps up when Sergio Ramos is on the field. This is, a, this is a tough one for me to call because if Madrid are starting to kind of click into place, they are very difficult to beat. So when I take that into consideration, it are coming in, who are absolutely crushing it at the top of the table. They have uh, eight wins, two draws out of 10 games. They've scored 21, and they've given up two. Two, what the that's not even what are we even talking about, dude? They're in one of the hardest leagues in the world, and they've only given up two goals in 10 games. That yeah, is, that's insane. That is insane. And since they lost to Bayern Munich 4-0 in the match day one of the Champions League, they have yet to lose. And yes, it was a little dicey for them midweek against RB Salzburg, but Salzburg kind of slices up everybody. They're just not very good at defending, and that cost them in that one, unfortunately, for our for our friend of the show, Jesse Marsh. But this is at letty's league to lose, frankly. Real Madrid are not the same Madrid even though if they can start to figure it out they're still not going to be the Madrid I think that we know and love I think they're still counting on some players that maybe are a little bit too old or a little bit too young Barcelona are all over the place this is Atleti's league to lose this season maybe that's a lot of pressure but I'm going to put it on them anyway they're coming in to play against Madrid they're not playing at the Wanda they're playing away from home I know it's like uh, the second team stadium for Real Madrid and I think they lose a little bit of that shine when they're not playing in the Bernabeu but This game's going to be a cracking affair. I'm giving you guys all this context. I think it's going to be a draw. It's plus 225. I could see a 1-1 here, frankly. I I just think it's going to be a battle. You know, Joao Felix has been very good. And and I really like, can I say really quick from a tactical, for all you soccer geeks out there, what I like from Diego Simeone the last two games is he's played this 3-5-2. And it's allowing Trippier to get a little bit higher up the field. It had Vitolo played against Real Valladolid last weekend at the, like, left winger spot, left wing back spot. In the Champions League, they went with, uh, oh, my God, Carrasco. Y- Yannick Carrasco. Yeah. He ended up scoring, right? But they're getting these guys a little bit higher up the field for their width. And that's pushing Correa inside. That's keeping Joao Felix and Luis Suarez a little bit inside. Saul and cocaine, Like, they're creating this numerical advantage, which is good for them, and allowing Joao Felix to drop into that space and combine with these guys before it always felt like eight guys are going to defend and then you got two guys up top we wish you the best of luck hopefully you score that was always on grease in the past right this is a little bit different and I think Simeone's starting to evolve a little bit I didn't think it was possible but he's evolving his tactics and that's allowing the team to get width from the wingback situation and having three very good defenders just kind of locking it down there and then Sal and Koke in front they got a nice block of five and then you have five guys that are really attacking with some purpose and giving you like a lot of different dimensions so i like what Atleti is doing right now and they're still evolving their tactics as the season's going on i just don't think they're going to get beat in this game but i can't really say they're going to win either and because madrid looked like they did this past uh, in midweek again i think the draw is a nice a nice play
1: well a few things uh, support that statement uh real madrid have only won uh one of their last seven uh home uh, games in the league against atleti but they are unbeaten in the last four against them they won one and uh and uh you know they they didn't lose uh, the other three so y- you could see a draw here where both are kind of just like canceling each other out maybe a late stoppage time equalizer you never know one thing is for damn sure atletico madrid as you mentioned this is their league to lose they still have two games in hand by the way and yeah, on top of the table that's right and i think that as you mentioned to simeone's uh, ability now to be more flexible is like they're they're even more comfortable. They used to be pretty comfortable without the ball because they like to press, but now they're really comfortable even without pressing. And it's really interesting to see, especially when you face a very creative side uh, like Real Madrid. To Real Madrid side, by the way, you mentioned Lucas Vazquez. Uh, you know, luckily I think Dani Carvajal is returning to the starting lineup, meaning that Lucas Vasquez finally can go push up a little higher. Um, And, you know, that will also free up a lot of the opportunities pushing up further. Kareem Benson is on a roll right now, but there is something to be said about playing under the lights of Santiago Bernabeu. I think that especially in a Madrid derby, even without fans or whatever, I think this game is going to be a tricky one for them, just honestly, purely because they are not experiencing the entire burn about energy. And when you face your ultimate rival, sometimes you need just everything that you can get in order to get something. But I'm talking like they're going to lose. I just see it as a, as a very tough, tough, tough draw. Maybe one all, maybe two all, but I see also a point a piece. I don't know if there's anything else you want to add to that one. Uh, no, I
2: was just... Uh... I was just listening to the soothing sounds of your voice. <laughs> I, was, I, got, I got nothing else to add. We're on the same page. Uh, and those are great stats. No, isn't it
1: fun yeah. when we agree and we just keep going? Yeah, exactly. Sorry, everybody. We're not going to fight. Okay. All right. Uh, let's move on here. League. A. PSG. Uh, Neymar on a roll, helping uh, his side, uh, destroy Istanbul. Besiktas, uh, top the group in the champions league. Uh, rested, uh, you know, uh, rested the pressure of Thomas duhel Finally, they're in the knockout stages looking good. And now they face Lyon, who have been a tricky opponent uh, for them. Uh, they host Lyon. Um, how do you see this one?
2: It's this a great game. I think PSG, I mean, speaking about uh, Real Madrid a little bit, I thought PSG put together a very good 90 minutes or 85, 75 minutes or whatever over uh, against Istanbul Bishakshir here, obviously dealing with that incident. And I thought they just want to commend PSG, for supporting Istanbul Bishakshi here and walking off the field. I can't emphasize how important that was and what kind of message, positive message that sends to everybody else. I think that's going to have a good ripple effect around the world that this is, you can't tolerate this, this type of behavior and this language and those actions. So
0: yeah.
2: I want to give a shout out to them and how important it is for players like Neymar and Mbappe to be some of the more vocal leaders that are coming out and saying something. So they put that aside. They dealt with that adversity. And they did it in a positive way, and they came out the next day and absolutely decimated here. Neymar scored some ridiculous goals, and Bappe finally scored in the Champions League after going uh, scoreless for nine straight matches. He's going to be feeling good going into the knockout rounds. I would not like to face PSG going into this. And as they continue to get healthy, Marco Verratti, by the way, for PSG is so important for that team to like transition. When he's not in the field, they're just different. They're just different. So when he's got to stay healthy. And not get suspended he likes getting yellow cards but what i like about this one uh to Lyon, it, it there's only, they're only separated by two points in, in the table so it's a big one and and psg now since they've won the group can now focus on d- like kind of creating some distance at the top domestically this is a big one because if, if Lyon, uh, as you like to say I, i'm still learning my french but <laughs> if they can win this one that puts them on top of the table right so that really adds some intrigue but we both know that PSG, and I'm sure everybody listening knows too, that PSG will probably still be at the top of the table at the end of it. But this is a good one to put some pressure on them. And I like the front three from, from Lyon. You got Ik- Ikambi, who's leading, their leading scorer right now, at plus 190 to score anytime. Depay, who's also been tremendous since leaving Manchester United, to go go back to France to play for Lyon. Uh, he's, right? he's plus 200 to score anytime. And then they have a, another player who's starting to emerge, Katawery, who's plus 220. These are all good values. I don't know which one you want to pick. Depay takes their takes their penalties, so maybe he's the safer bet there. Plus 200 for him to score anytime. I like that. I think they will score. I just think that PSG, knowing what's at stake here, the, the good vibes that they're probably feeling after Neymar scored two and Mbappe scored two against Istanbul, Bishakshah here, this is a big one for them to start to create that distance. I don't think they're going to let that opportunity pass them by. And they know that their schedule is going to get a lot easier from now because the knockout rounds now aren't until February. So they can really start to, hey, guys, so it's like, just give me this hard 90 minutes here. Then we have a week before our next game kind of thing. So so I can see Thomas Tuchel still rolling out his big guns to try to get the result. And I think it's going to be a great game to watch.
1: Yeah, I agree. Uh, I think the key here is the fact that PSG are playing at home, fans mm-hmm. or no fans. I, I just think that, uh, and the, actually the stats help that. Um, Lyon are unbeaten in their last 10 games in League ah, but... They've won none of their last 12 away games in league uh, mm-hmm, against mm-hmm. PSG. I just feel fans are not, I just think that that helps them. Um, I also think that what just happened midweek, as you mentioned, helps them. I think that energy, that motivation, that, that need to keep going, that need for Neymar to, you know, this is why Neymar left Barcelona, because he mm-hmm. wanted to lead this team in both the league and in domestic uh, intercontinental competition. And this is a mm-hmm. perfect opportunity. I think it's going to be a good game full of a lot a lot of uh, highlights this is going to be a packed uh, video highlight if you're watching I think mm-hmm. but but I see I see PSG uh, winning this one uh, with Neymar and Mbappé still doing their thing by the way uh, you know per our Jonathan Johnson they're also in the middle right now of, uh, negotiating uh, negotiating their contracts as well so they're happy at PSG uh, and this would be just another testament to show just how far they can keep going the giant that is Paris Saint-Germain.
2: For sure. And I meant to give you guys the line on that. So PSG to win and both teams to score is plus 150, which I think is pretty good value. I went on William Hill trying to find the good stuff, you know, tried to find you guys some tremendous value. If it's if you want to like first goal score, last goal score, there's all these little exotics in there. But I think the safe one is, I think Leon, uh, Leon will, will score. I just don't know. They're not going to win i like psg to do it so yeah both teams to score psg to win plus 150.
1: yeah absolutely hey quick one uh, jimmy who's in the liga mx apertura final
2: oh it's pumas versus leon no Le- <laughs> no you're tripping me up it's uh, leon leon
1: yeah, who's, who's playing psg leo <laughs>
2: <Yeah>. <laughs> so, so they're playing the first leg so it's a two-legged i want to actually talk to you about this really quick yeah they have a they have a two-legged final in yeah. mexico Yep. And the first leg is tonight. Obviously, we, we, we would probably preview it for the weekend because the second leg is over the weekend. But, but, uh, I mean, you know, you
1: know the pod will come out before that first leg. But, oh, yeah, right, right, right. Two legger Leon against Pumas. Leon was the regular season. So uh, good. Leader, the favorite. Um, you know, uh, Joe Campbell plays for them. Uh, if everybody remembers it, uh, Peruvian Pedro Aquino against Pumas, who nobody thought they would make it. Uh, right do the final and it's a two-legger. That's right.
2: Yeah. It's a two leg. I don't know how you feel about two-legged finals. Do you, I kind of, do you want it to be one-off or do you like the two-legged?
1: I don't know. Part of me likes it just because it, I love the idea of like, you know, whatever you may think if home advantage is is an advantage, but right. if you do badly in the first leg, it encourages you to kind of go all out in the second. Mm-hmm. So you're almost guaranteed an entertaining game. In one of those two whereas in a one-off final as we know from you know history you don't always get guaranteed a good final sometimes it can be boring as hell and that may be uh because people are you know teams are very you know hesitant to go all out in just a one-off and just wait for the counter but in a two-legger like at some point you gotta go all out right but i don't know i don't know what do you like
2: I, I like the one off I don't mind the two legs to kind of build up that but I like I kind of like having the one off final it's Just like the Champions League is built. Um, yeah, and we saw it actually with the Champions League last season where they just they scrapped two legs and just did one leg the whole way through that was pretty exciting too I mean we got the Barcelona getting smashed eight to two by by uh, Bayern Munich you know you get to see these kind of interesting results because there wasn't a second leg to rely on in some way so. I don't know. There, there's probably a strong narrative we can make for both, but I just uh, wanted to get your opinion on that. Also, just so everybody knows, uh, Le- Leon, <laughs> now i now in my own head. They they were the top team, as as Luis said. Pumas were second. So these are the top two teams throughout the regular season in in the Apertura, if I'm not not mistaken, or Clausura, one of the two seasons. In yeah, their, Apertura, yeah. Apertura, yeah. So they're they're in the final now, but Pumas in their two-legged semifinal were down four to zero. At the first leg to Cruz Azul they scored four goals in the second leg in the 89th they scored three goals in the first half of the second leg and then scored in the 89th minute to go through the higher seed if you draw there there's the higher seed gets it yeah
1: that's right
2: it's it, crazy. it's in absolutely nuts so for them to get there now they got to be feeling pretty good about it but um Leon has been so good uh throughout this season it'd be really hard to see them losing over two legs that's where I think a one-off can come in as well where because Pumas has so much momentum, maybe in a one-off, they could, they could, they could, you know, beat him over 90 minutes, but over 180, I think the quality of, of Leon will ultimately shine through and and the better team will win, I think over two legs. And I think that will be Leon.
1: Yeah, no, I agree. And by the way, if you listen to our Europa League preview, which also has a, a lot of interviews and stuff, uh, we also talked to Cesar Hernandez, uh, freelance writer whose uh you know uh expertise is mexican soccer and he really just went down on this two-legged final but that's it that's all you have from both jimmy and i from today from our weekend preview jimmy thank you so much brother i know that you're coming back uh, to do even more mls cup preview and the like thank you so much man
2: thank you always a pleasure
1: I want to thank jimmy conrad for joining me today don't forget to follow us on twitter que Pod, and leave a rating and review on apple podcasts listen to us on spotify stitcher and anywhere else you listen to your pods we will see you next time